Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Trust. 
Let's look at what the Word of God says concerning trust. Trust is the is the foundation of all successful relationships. All through the word of the Lord, that was the issue with the children of Israel and God. And I don't think sometimes we understand uh, what it means to trust God, how to live from a perspective of trust. See, one of two things is happening. We either trusting God trusting ourselves or trusting the devil. If you're trusting yourself, you're trusting the devil. Paul said, in me dwelleth no good thing. The Bible says that our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. No, that's not the scripture I was looking for. We're bought with a price. Therefore, we can't do what we want to do. We did what we wanted to do before we got saved. When we do not understand that the dynamics change, when you cease to be a solitaire, and now you connect with someone, the dynamics supposed to change. If a man that's confessing to be saved and still doing what he wants to do, then you have to question the man's salvation. If a man and woman is joined together in holy matrimony and they're still doing what they want to do, then you question the marriage. We make it so difficult. We want to look at some scriptures here about trust. The children of Israel was really, really manipulated from the time they was established until this day, just like all humanity. The ultimate goal is to to destroy, manipulate your ability to trust God. Satan doesn't mind if you and I are a scripture-quoting individual, as long as you don't trust in those scriptures that you're quoting. All through the word of God, forsaking God and relying on other objects of dependence was futile, and it, it, it made God angry. And... See, when we fail to trust God, what we don't realize and understand that is a form of betrayal. Judas betrayed Jesus. But we take things so lightly. We we so casual uh, with this thing. Not understanding that I have an obligation and responsibility as a born-again believer why would you, you and I even give our life to him if we're not going to trust him? 
Why would you marry someone if you're not going to trust them? Then when you stop trusting, cease to trust, if there's no reason to cease to trust, it becomes betrayal. That's what people understand. The word betrayal means expose. I'm giving you a couple of definitions here. To expose, to the to damage by treachery. Giving information to an enemy for the enemy to kill, steal, steal, or destroy. When a man and woman become unequally yoked, somewhere there is a level and a measure of treachery that is in that relationship. There's a level and a measure of betrayal in that relationship. It means to be disloyal to betrayal. And if I'm disloyal, I have to ask myself why. Always, when it comes to betrayal and a lack of trust, the enemy always plants in the mind of the person that they're losing out on something. He blinds them. Regardless of how good they have it, they can't see how good they have it. But everybody else in the world can see that, how good they have it. So failure to trust God... Let's look at some scriptures, if you will. I'm just going to be reading a few scriptures today that help you and I uh, see where we are located in our relationship with God. See where we are located in our relationship with our spouse. Because we say the right things, but do the very opposite. My people have committed two evils, Jeremiah Two thirteen. For my people are committed to evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed themselves systems, broken systems that can hold no water. What is he saying here? By them hewing out systems of broken water, what he basically means here is they have they have put in their faith and trust in something. That cannot help them. It's just like a pitcher with bro- uh, a, a, a broken pitcher that cannot hold water. Their faith is in something that cannot help them. Their faith is in someone that cannot help them. So what has happened is, is two evils has committed at, this, at the same time. When we fail to trust God, is two evils has been committed. We forsake God, who is our source, and we put our faith in something else that cannot supply anything, cannot help us. That's why the Bible talks about, uh, i trying to think of that scripture in the book of uh, Mark chapter 4, when it talks about the, uh, the different grounds, the, which reveals the different conditions of the heart. And I think one of the main ones that is so destructive and so manipulative it's the one that's sown them on thorns. 
It says, for the deceitfulness of riches and the lust for other things has choked the word. What you think destroyed the majority of marriages? Pride, sex, money. Or lack of what in any one of them. All of those things reveal idolatry. Very few people know how to be committed to a relationship. Very few people even know what loyalty really means. Loyal. Loyal to the end. So we see here they committed two sins. Let's look at some examples in the word of the Lord uh, concerning failure to trust God with the children of Israel. They, uh, they hold history. We read this Bible, but we, we don't learn from it. And then, if we learn how to be committed to God, we we can be committed to one another. But we've tried to be committed to one another without being committed to God, and that's why the commitment don't work. Yet for all that, you did not believe the Lord. This is Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 32 and 33. Yet for all that, you did not believe the Lord your God, who went in the way before you to search out a place for you to pitch your tents, to show you the way you should go in the fire by night, and the cloud by day. What, what is he saying here? All the signs, the wonders, and the notable miracles did not do anything for you. Do you not understand that the ones that has uh, uh, experienced the supernatural is going to be judged very severely? They experience the supernatural, and we have to even question the supernatural we experience because Jesus is not Lord. If there's no trust in him, how could he be Lord? It's impossible. Lordship reveals trust. Trust reveals lordship. Jesus is not Lord. Whatever else you are trusting in besides him, that's the one that is Lord. We need to start challenging one another. And, uh, and, and, and I've been examining myself. And, and, and I'm, I'm putting I'm putting things in divine order. How can you have people around you that don't even believe in God? They don't believe in God. They're not going to believe in you. Deuteronomy chapter nine verse twenty three. Likewise, when the Lord sent you from Kadesh, Barnea, saying, "Go up and possess the land which I have given you." Then you rebelled against the commandment of the Lord, your God, and you did not believe him nor obey his voice. If I tell you you don't believe in God, you want to you fight me. But what's the evidence that you believe in God is by obeying his voice. Obeying his voice. God told you to possess the land, but you did not. What it means to possess the land? That means there's you got to drive out the enemy in order for you to possess it. Just walking in the land and there's no enemies there is easy to possess. What enemy have you not driven out? But you rebelled against the Lord and been rebelling against the Lord because you have not drove out the enemy. An enemy of lying, an enemy of theft, an enemy of manipulation, an enemy of lust, an enemy of anger, an enemy of deception. I just experienced this lately. It's just, it's just fascinating. 
This devil has been getting bolder and bolder. And we got to kill the enemy, ladies and gentlemen. That's the problem. We've been playing with the enemy. If you don't cut the enemy off, you better, if you don't make no decision, ladies and gentlemen, the enemy is here to steal, kill, and destroy, and the enemy uses people. And many times the very person is close to you. If you don't stand up for righteousness and stand up for the Lord Jesus Christ, you will die. As the authority of your household, you're responsible for putting your household in order, and God's going to judge you for it. But you see this? They refuse to possess their land. You and I got to possess our land. And we got to stop rebelling against the Lord. And we got to possess it. How do we possess it? You got to deal with the enemy. What is the enemy? The enemy in your land. Fear. What's the enemy in your land? There's giants. What's the enemy in your land? Selfishness. Self-centeredness. Who's responsible for slaying the enemy? You. Me. And without doing that, you engage. You're going to start trusting in the enemy. Will you trust in God? That's what's happened. When people, we, we live in a, a, a day and time now, people make all kind of excuses. Why? We refuse to serve the Lord. Refuse to honor him in our marriages. The enemy's ultimate goal is to make us Unequally yoked. The devil can't stop either one of the parties unless they allow it. If one person is not willing to obey God, you got to obey God. And just maybe got to bring salvation or got to remove it if it's blocking the, the purpose of God. Psalm 7, 8, verse 21, 22 said, Therefore the Lord heard this and was furious. So a fire was kindled against Jacob. And anger also came up against Israel because they did not believe in God. Because they did not believe in God and did not trust in his salvation. They did not believe in God and they did not trust in their salvation. And how do you know they did not believe in God? Because they did not trust in his salvation. How do you know they didn't trust in his salvation? Because they did not believe in God. Because to believe in God, salvation comes. To believe in God, deliverance come. So if deliverance have not come, it's a revelation that I do not believe in God. That means I have betrayed him and I'm not, I have more faith in the greatest God in your life. Usually when people betray God, the greatest God is not even Satan. The greatest God has become yourself. God is sovereign and you're trying to be sovereign. God is a deliverer. You're trying to be your own deliverer. God is a protector. Your shield, butler, high tower, and stronghold. You are forsaking him and you're trying to be your own shield, butler, high tower, and stronghold. And then want somebody to pity you for not trusting God. And you want to try to explain yourself away why you are like you are. There is no explanation. Either we trust God or we don't trust God. It's either God or the devil. Are you getting this? My prayer to God that you are. Notice what Numbers 20 says. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe me, to hollow me in the eyes of the children of Israel. 
Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Now, this is a power scripture here. Now, notice, now God is rebuking Moses and Aaron. He said, because you did not believe in me. Believe me. Now, now I thought Moses believed God. I can question Aaron, but Moses, he's speaking here because when God spoke to him. See, we, we, we don't understand the gravity of it. When God spoke to Aaron, uh, Moses, and said, speak to the rock, he got angry and struck the rock. That was a revelation. He did not believe God. And he did not hollow God in the eyes of the people. How he didn't hollow them? Because he, God said, speak, he struck. So therefore, God wasn't seen. God only can be seen in our obedience. So therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I, I, I have given them. Because they just saw you. They didn't see me. So an authority, every authority of a relationship. If a mother is a single parent, she's the authority of the children. It is, have we hollowed God in the eyes of our children? Have we displayed before the children ourselves and not God by disobeying him? Are you getting this? Have I, as the head of this union, have I disobeyed God or have I obeyed God? And I believe there's some every times I've disobeyed God. I did not hollow God. I allowed Kathy to see me and not the, God, the Lord because I got angry. And I struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock out of frustration, aggravation. Ladies and gentlemen, your relationship with God is, should be more important to you than your spouse, your children, uh, your job, your business, your finances, and everything else. Let's look at another one. 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 4. For it was so, when Solomon was old, that his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father, David. You cannot serve two masters. God is going to be your master or something that's going to be your master. His wife turned his heart to other gods. What God has turned your heart from God? What God has turned your heart to itself and from God? Money, selfishness, self-centeredness, self-righteousness. The self is the ultimate. All the other stuff is just nothing but derivatives of selfishness. Every sin is come from selfishness. But David was loyal. David never worshipped worship another God, and Solomon never saw his father worship another God. How in the world can somebody else have more influence to pull you away from the living God to serve other gods? And the saddest thing about it, I was talking to someone the other day, the sad thing about it, 
you're not going to do anything to try to 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 dismantle those gods. Because usually people that serve other gods is 100% deceived. And a deceived person don't know they're deceived. They believe they're right. And they believe they can they can do things to their own strength of everything that got them in trouble. Ladies and gentlemen, the only way our marriages will be sustained, our relationship will be sustained, is by our relationship fellowship with God. Let's go to another one, if you will. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 7. And at that time, Hananiah the seer came to Asaph, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Syria, and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. Oh, you understand what he's saying? Whoever you trust in, or whoever you trust in, has escaped you. You could never be victorious over what you trust in, or who you trust in, besides the living God. So many people trust in their jobs, their business, their investments, their money. You, you, do, do, uh, if you understand the scripture, your money just escaped you. Your investment just escaped you. Anybody, any human being, your faith is in besides living, they just escape you. If your faith is in your business partner, what you and your business partner could have produced just escaped you. Because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped your hand. God spoke something to me in my early uh, stages of trying to learn business when I first was introduced to uh, trading stock, a young man. Had an excellent program. Money is, is 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 the scripture doesn't say that for just to say it that the love of money is the root of all evil. I made a ten thousand dollar investment. God was make sure I mean the portfolio of the kids. Had an excellent program during the summer, took them to Wall Street, stock exchange there, uh showed me the different uh stocks that the kids own. I mean, they really was making money. I said, man, this, this, is, this is awesome. And uh, I gave him $10,000. was making money. And then to, he took over the project himself. He had somebody else, another company, uh, uh, was trading, buying, selling, purchasing uh, stock. He lost all the money. I was upset with this young man. I love the dealings of the Lord. I love the way God talked to me. I love the way God corrected me. And the Spirit of God asked me a question, why are you upset? Well, Lord, this man lost all my money. And the Lord spoke to me, making, uh, making a long story short. He said, you got to get free from money. I got to get free from money. 
He said, you, you need to be free from money. Always understand when God speaks to you, ladies and gentlemen, he's not speaking just to say something. God is a spirit. God is not flesh and blood. God is not spirit, soul, and body. He's a spirit. So if a God is a spirit, and God is an omniscient God, he is a all-knowing God, and God is infinite in his knowledge and wisdom, you and I uh, uh, you and I uh, we have finite minds. We're limited. So God even just say the word grocery store. Don't most likely there's something behind it. It's, it's a little deeper, usually. So that's the time you need to stop and think. It's okay. What are you saying to me? Meditate on it. Don't let it don't let it pass you by that day. You keep meditating, and the Spirit of God will begin to give you understanding of what He's saying. So what the Lord began to explain to me, I looked up the word freedom. Had me led me to look up the word freedom. And uh, one of the definitions that I really liked that I held on to this day, and that was that was had to be about fifteen, uh, uh, sixteen years ago. And the definition of the word freedom is emotionally to be emotionally detached. To be emotionally detached. When you emotionally detach from a thing, the thing can never have influence in your life. You want to, you and I have to love the Lord that God with all of our soul, all our heart, all our mind, all of us, all of our soul, our strength. Kind of chop it up a little bit. That means my affection, my emotions, my everything. If I love him with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength, that means I'm emotionally attached, and then that means I'm moved by God. That when I sin against God, it, it hurts me because I hurt him, emotionally attached. When you are emotionally detached, you will not move. There's no, it can never, ever be great conviction. You will be remorseful when you sin against them, but you would, you, it can never be, it will never be, you will never be moved, and your focus will never, your focus will never be him, your focus will be you, you got caught. I miss God. Another definition of the word freedom is free from confinement. I'm not dominated. I'm not controlled. I'm not hedged in by money or another God. I'm hedged in by God. But I really like the one that I gave you earlier. To be emotionally detached. That's being free. So... We see in the word of the Lord how the enemy, uh, some kind of way, Asa was an awesome king, young man, 
And he believed God, served God all of the days of his life. But in the end, he began uh, uh, to rely on a natural king when he experienced supernatural moves of God as a young man. And most likely he began to see the uh, his enemies' armies begin to grow and expand and increase. So to to hedge his bet, just in case my these other uh, kingdoms kings uh, wanted to attack me, make a decision to attack me, I'm going to enter into an alliance with the king of Syria. And uh, uh, just in case anything happened, I know I got another. Uh, a king with a massive army that can come alongside of me and help me. You just forfeited help from God. He just forfeited supernatural help. So he defected. It's a form of of of, of uh, uh, betrayal. It's, you should admit that's not like a harsh word. It's a reality. So many people is living in betrayal right now in the relationship with God and still going to church, singing songs of praise, worship, still flowing against the Spirit. And I think this is probably the biggest deception in, in a church like ours because we do flow in the spirit, uh, gifts of the Spirit. We, we, we really don't believe. I'm talking people that's close to me. Really don't believe that, that you're in a backslidden stage or you're really or a betrayal of God because of the gifts of the Spirit. That has become a reality in our church. People are so tricked and deceived and manipulated because people flow in the gifts of the Spirit. And they're slaves to their God. And I'm not talking about the Jehovah God. And if, and if that's the case in the church, you can imagine what it is in their marriage. You can only imagine what it's like in their marriage. Are you hearing me? Let's look at a New Testament uh, uh, example of faith to trust God. Revelation 3, verse 17. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. That's it right there on the head. That's it right there, right on the head. Because we know scriptures, we can flow in the gifts of the Spirit, we really believe we are wealthy and have need of nothing. I was talking to someone the other day. I said, how is it? <laughs> I've never seen seems like the older we get, the more silly and stupid we get. Excuse me for that word that offend you. Uh, when I look in the body of Christ and the, and, and the, uh, and the people I counsel, I think the younger people these days is, 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 have a, a greater level of wisdom than some of the older people. How is it that you want the enjoyment of something but don't want the responsibility of a, of, of a thing? Something is wrong with that picture. And most likely, the person has never grown up. They have never learned responsibility. Never learned responsibility. 
Think about it. If you give a person something all of their days, all their life, and they never learned responsibility to value and to appreciate things, what's going to happen when they become an adult? They're going to think that life is a free ride. And they have a right to everything without being responsible for the thing or responsible for getting the thing or responsible for taking care of the thing. If a person is an abuser and misuser of things, they'll be an abuser and misuser of people. And then they say, well, I forgot to forgive me. There's absolutely no sense of conviction. Something wrong with that picture. Let's look at what's the consequences of, of, of us failing to trust God. What's the consequences? The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 30 and 39, Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. That's New Testament. When you and I stop trusting God, he says, my soul has no pleasure in him. And you want to know why the majority of people is the way they are? Because there's no teaching like this. I don't say no teaching, but we don't teach things like this right here. We hype everything up and understand that there is... There is a responsibility. There is a responsibility that comes uh, with this. This, this. this 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 must become a reality to us, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, forgive me for this uh, uh, phone. Like <laughs> every time I get on here, uh, the phone start ringing. Now notice what it says. Now the just shall live by faith. Live by what? Faith. What is faith? It is trust and confidence. Faith, confidence. Faith, confidence, and trust in the Lord. That's that's the fundamental definition of the word faith. But if anyone draws back, draw back what? Your faith, your trust, your confidence in God. He said, my soul has no pleasure in him. But how many people really believe that God has pleasure in them? And they, they, they have betrayed him, but they believe, because I say the word, I repent. But have never turned back to God. Joel said, uh, uh, Joel, uh, uh, turn back to the Lord and keep on turning. Turning is not fasting, praying, and studying your Bible. Turning is an act of commitment and dedication to the Lord. You can't be committed to God and, be, and still committed to your desires. And, 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 it's, it's fascinating. I, I, I just look at these demon spirits and it's amazing how we so manipulate it. But nobody challenges us in our thinking. We, the, the Bible says we have to be hard or cold. Hard or cold. We want to confess God, but we still want to be loyal to our God, whatever that is. We don't want to give up nothing. If we see like we want to lose something, that flesh fight every step of the way. It's envious. It's jealous. I've seen these kind of things. 
I've seen uh, a parents jealous of their children. That's a conflict and shame because the parents should want their children to be greater than them. That should show you something how distorted we are in this world. Verse 39 says, But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Then how what will be the evidence that your soul is saved? The God that used to serve has no more influence on you. Only the Most High God who saved you, created you, have influence. There's no more poor. Not said there won't be no more temptation. But it's no more poor. Are you getting this? This is good stuff. He's educating, training us in the areas of biblical relationship. Habakkuk 2.4 says, Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him. His soul is what? Not upright in him. But the just shall live by faith. So therefore only the humble soul can be upright. The humble is one that lives in dependency upon God. What God is in trouble in, 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 in the beginning was dependent on somebody else and your own self. Pride. And it reveals that you're not upright. But you think what makes you upright is going on a fast, saying some prayers. Ladies and gentlemen, do we ever just stop and just think? Do we ever just stop and think? If you violated a relationship on your job with your boss, and do you think because you uh, uh, you pray and you read your Bible that things are going to be right with you and your boss, that your boss can trust you now, what's going to cause your boss to trust you? By your consistent proof that you are trustworthy by executing everything in the heart and the mind of your boss. When your boss see and know without a doubt that you live for his success, the company's success, and not yours, then and only then will the boss trust you, and that may be two years, three years, four, five years. Especially if you have been a... a, a, a a repeated offender. I mean, what I mean by that, that's become a lifestyle. And it's only by the grace of God that you still have that job. Consequences of failing to trust God. Leviticus 26. Leviticus 26. But if you do not obey me and do not observe all these commandments, and if you dis, uh, despise my statute, or if your soul abhors my judgments, so that you do not perform all my commandments, but break my covenant, I will do this to you. I will even appoint terror over you. Appoint terror? What is terror? Fear. So you mean to tell me God can appoint fear over a person's life? We see it right here. 
Why? Because they refuse to obey him. They refuse to do what the word of the Lord says. They are a hearer of the word and not a doer. So he appoint terror over them. Wasting disease and fever which shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart. And you shall sow your seed in vain for your enemy shall eat it. I will set my face against you and you shall be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you shall reign over you. Whoa. Whoa. Are you hearing that? Are you hearing that? Look what it says again. Let me read verse 16. I will also do this to you. I will even appoint terror over you, wasting disease and fever which shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart, and you shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. I will set my face against you, and you shall be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you shall reign over you, and you shall flee when no one pursues you. Fear. And after all this, if you do not obey me, then I will punish you even seven times more for your sins. I will break the pride of your power. I will make your heavens like iron and your earth like bronze. And your strength shall spend, be spent in vain. For your land shall not yield its produce, nor shall the trees of the land yield their fruit. But you say, but I got a prophetic word. I got a prophetic word. Uh-huh. And what do that mean? Well, God said, see, that is the, the, the deceptiveness and the lack of our ignorance of not studying and searching the scripture. Because you got a prophet that would not mean come in the past. Even though Panorama has heard this, they don't believe it. You know why? Because we bring other people coming there. We bring other men of God that's uh, great in the areas of the prophetic, really hear from God, can see by the Spirit of God, God articulate to them. Don't you understand how God operates? He's articulating these things to you to encourage you to stop doing what you're doing so you can embrace his heart. I'm showing you my loving kindness. I'm showing you my tender mercies towards you. Are you getting this? That was the extra scripture there, Leviticus. Let's look at Jeremiah 13. What Jeremiah 13 says? Jeremiah 13, 24. Therefore I will scatter them like stubble that passes away by the wind of the uh, wilderness. This is your lot, the portion of your measure from me, said the Lord, because you have forgotten me and trust in falsehood. And trust in what? Falsehood. Why in the world would you trust in the creation more than the creator? That means you're under, under the influence of the money force. Think about it. The children of Israel, we don't learn from them. They made images. Why would you worship something that you can make? <laughs> so let you know, we, we're totally deceived. If I have the power to make it, it should be worshiping me. It should worship me, not me worship it. 
if I can, if I have the strength, the power to get an axe, to chop a tree down, and get a knife, and carve me some kind of image, and I bow down and worship it, you got to know that we got to be deluded. How silly for me to bow down to something that I can make, or bow down to something that somebody else made with their hands. Instead of worship the one that created all things, created the wood that the image was made out of, created the the ink, the paper, the tree that the paper comes from, the money that you serve, created the cotton or the synthetics material that's on your back at this present time, created the cow if you have leather shoes on that the leather came from. If we, we don't stop and think. If I worship something that I can make myself a buy, I got to be greater than it. I must be greater than it. The love of money is the root of all evil. Who created the gold? Who created the silver? Who created the precious stones? God. Then why would you worship it? Why would you worship it? And the the, the key is the manipulation. You worship it so you can be worshipped. Now, the Lord just spoke that one to me. Never said it before. You worship it so you can be worshipped. You want the nice clothes and the gold. You want to look good to be worshipped. To be worshipped. And you want to know people like that? They put everybody else down. That don't have what they have. And women is good at that. If a woman is getting bald head, they got to criticize the person that got hair. If a, if, 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 a, if a woman uh, is, is distorted in certain area, they got to put everybody else down. That's, that's look nice or whatever the case may be. If a woman's struggling with losing weight, and they don't lost a little bit of weight, and somebody just a tiny bit bigger than them, they got to put them down. All of this is nothing but idolatry. Because the idol worship criticize every other God because they believe their God is greater than everybody and bigger than everybody else. It's so vain. We got so much vanity in the body of Christ, ladies and gentlemen, and so much vanity in marriages. So much vanity. How many people is really loyal to one another? How many people know what loyalty means? How many people understand what the responsibility is? It's not. That's the extra scripture there. In in, in uh, Jeremiah thirteen, read it again. Therefore, I will scatter them that uh, scatter them like stubble that passes away by the wind of the wilderness. This is your lot, the portion of your measure from me, saith the Lord. Because you have forgotten me and trusted in falsehood, forgotten me and trusted in falsehood. Any time you forget God, that means something caused you to forget God. That means something else became more important in your life than God. Something else is more important. 
I was uh, communicating with someone uh, the other day, and uh, they have they have uh, have responsibilities in in the church. And I asked them. I said, "How in the world that this is so important that you forgot to do this particular thing? It could have caused great damage." I didn't tell them this right. It could have caused great damage to this ministry and great loss to this ministry. I don't know. You know, I, uh, I don't know. I, I thought I did it because this is a normal thing for me. I said, "Exactly, exactly." So how did you forget it? And it's something else, something else had to be more important to you that you was rushing home to take care of than the things of God. What that reveals, he forgot God. His faith and his trust was in falsehood, the very thing he was running home to get, to do. As in the house of God, the things of God should be more important than your house, my house, and everybody else's house. Do you see the misplaced responsibility? The misplaced responsibility. I've seen, never seen so much witchcraft in marriages like I'm seeing today. People's becoming witches. They are satanically manipulating, trying to manipulate their spouse. They become instruments of Satan to try to destroy their spouses. They don't love, have no love for nobody but themselves. They become witches. We see a lot of this in happening in the body of Christ, ladies and gentlemen. Or are you an instrument of that? Or are you an instrument of that? Let's look at another scripture in uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah 46, 25. The Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says, Behold, I will bring punishment on Ammon of Noah and Pharaoh of Egypt with their gods and their kings, Pharaoh and those who trust in him. And those who trust in him. And those who trust in him. I'm going to bring punishment. I'm going to bring judgment on Pharaoh and anyone that trusts in Pharaoh. I'm going to bring judgment on money and anyone that trusts in money. I'm going to bring down judgment in investments and whoever trusts in investments. I'm going to bring down judgment upon your business and everyone that trusts in business. Are, are, are you getting this? You and I are trusting the Lord and the Lord only. We're to trust in the Lord and the Lord only. But if I'm not trusting him, I'm betraying him. If I'm if I'm not trusting in him, I'm betraying him. If I'm not trusting in him, I'm betraying him. Hosea ten, thirteen to fourteen. You have plowed wickedness. You have reaped iniquity. You have eaten the fruit of lies because you trusted in your own way. This probably most, this right here. You have trusted in your own way and the multitude of your mighty men. Therefore, taunt shall arise among your people. Tomor, excuse me, not taunt. Tomor shall arise among your people. And all your fortresses shall be plundered as salmon plowed Beth Arbel in the day of battle a mother dashed in pieces upon her children 
because we trust in our own way. Nobody can tell you nothing. You already know. Let's look at, if you will, uh, how the enemy manipulates us to replace God. Well, I don't think I better get to see my time is coming short here. But I'm going to read this last one then. Psalms 40, verse 4. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud nor such as turn aside to lies. The Lord is speaking. In order for us to have biblical relationships to start with God, trusting God. Can you or should you trust your spouse when you're challenged with trusting God? Absolutely not, because if you trust your spouse without trusting God, your spouse will become an idol. You will betray God for your spouse. You cannot be loyal to one without betraying the other. It's impossible. I'm going to be loyal to God. I'll betray the devil. I'm going to betray, be loyal to the devil. I'll betray God. I'm going to be loyal to my spouse. Betray God. I'll be loyal to my wife and not betray her, but loyal to my wife, loyal to God, and out of my loyalty to God, then I can be loyal to her. I'm to love the Lord by God with all of my heart, with all of my mind, all of my soul, all of my strength, and I'm to love my neighbor, my spouse, my children as myself. And I love myself because I, my love for the Father has perfected love in me. I appreciate me. I value me. Why do I value me and appreciate me? Because of my love for the Father. I'm grateful for who he made me. So I don't see myself arrogantly. I see myself out of the eyes of the Father. So the strength of our relationships, our marriages. So I pray that this word today has caused you to challenge you to think has challenged you to think, has challenged you to examine yourself as I'm examining myself, as I'm sharing with you. And I see, I can see where I have been disloyal to God in some areas uh, uh, from the perspective of trying to make some things happen. In my marriage, with my children, with Panorama, in business, and in, 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 in it's sort of like a manipulation, like Abraham. He tried to help God out. <laughs> Do you see the manipulation? We, we betray or we forsake God, and we try, we try to become God by helping God. Trying to do something only that God can do. That devil always trying to manipulate us to become, become God. Be our own protector. This, you, you don't trust God. When we're fearful, we have betrayed. You can't be loyal to absolutely nobody. Then how can you trust someone that's under that influence? You can't because they don't trust God. Then you can't trust them if they don't trust God. It's impossible. You're setting yourself up for fall, but you're saying, take this axe, cut my head off. 
then you have to deal with that and deal with them accordingly. Because the goal is, if if you can't get them to the Lord, then your relationship with them is in vain, totally in vain. Well, I want everyone that is in relationship to get this, and those that are going to be going back through archives, call your family and friends, tell them, anybody married, tell them, get this. Let us examine ourselves in our relationship with God and our relationship with our spouses. We've got to get our children trusting God, not us. Shared that principle with our kids last night. It's got to be God. God said, when your mother and father has forsaken you, I will take up them. I will adopt you as my own children. I like that. Powerful. Because he's the ultimate father. He's the ultimate mother. Because of God is the ultimate father, we have fathers. Because he's the ultimate mother, we have mothers. Everything is going back to him. And everything that is blocking our intimacy with him, our ability to trust him, God, grace of help us. Help us to forsake it and lean on you and let you become a reality to us to the gods that we have embraced in our hearts. Grant us repentance, I pray, O oh God. Every man, woman, boy, and girl that will listen to this broadcast and go back to the archives, I pray for grace today. Grace to help us to forsake the idols, forsake the gods that we have more faith in than you, sir. Gods that cause us to betray you. Forgive us, cleanse us, wash us, and purge us from all unrighteousness. But have mercy upon our soul. Let your mighty hand lift us in the place where we belong. Remove the blinders from our eyes. Remove the scales from our eyes. And grace us to see. Remove the plugs out of our ears and grace our hearing ears. Remove the stones out of our hearts and the eyes of our hearts. And grace those hearts that is pliable. That we say, yes, Lord. Grace all of us to return and to keep on turning to the Lord God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the creator of mankind, making man in his image and his likeness. Grace us to return. Have mercy upon us. Help us, Holy Spirit, we ask in the name of Jesus. This has been your host, Dr. E.J. McKins with the Master Key. Pray the rest of your day will be blessed and prosperous. Pray that your midweek services will be dynamite. And Holy Spirit led, govern, and control, influence, and that Jesus will be Lord in your midweek services this week. God bless you until Saturday morning, or Saturday noon. This has been your host, Dr. Jim McKenzie with the Master King.